Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. To the latest edition of the Pump Fake, Jared Bailey, with you as always, USA Today behind the steel curtain. Joined today by my friend from Locked On Ravens, Kevin Ostriker. It's good to see you, buddy. Good to see you, Jared. And I, we're coming after that crazy, wacky Thursday night game. As I think we talked about it, all Thursday night games are crazy and wacky. And got some big injury news last night for the Ravens and this afternoon for the Bengals. It's been a crazy couple of weeks injury-wise in the AFC North. Yeah, I mean, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson gets put on the shelf for the season with the shoulder. And in a matter of what, what, 48 hours after that, Joe Burrow goes down now that we know his season is done with uh, ligaments uh, in his wrist that are, I think it was like torn ligaments. Is that kind of the, uh, the diagnosis? Yeah, I, th- I think that's what I think that's where they're headed right now with the surgery. It's a torn ligament that's going to require the surgery for Joe. So now you look at the AFC North, and it is the Baltimore Ravens who are now sitting at what uh, eight and three on the year. Yep, eight, the eight and three Baltimore Ravens and the currently six and three Pittsburgh Steelers who are facing Dorian Thompson Robinson at quarterback this Sunday when they face the Cleveland Browns, who very well could be seven and three, and currently own the tiebreaker once uh, Baltimore has the bye. They own the tiebreaker over the Ravens currently. This division could come down to week 18 when the Steelers and Ravens face each other in Baltimore. It's very likely, I'd say, I mean, you look at the Steelers' schedule, it's pretty likely they're going to have 11 wins with the, the just the dumbest offense in football right now in terms of how they, what their production looks like. It's This is such a weird, weird division. And to me, I think it's always been that way. Like, it's always sloppy football, hard-fought, physical. But, I mean, essentially, we can take the Bengals and the Browns out of it. I mean, despite how good Cleveland's defense is, got to give them credit there. I just don't trust the team. And even if they the the rumors, it might be a bidding war between the Bengals and the Browns for Joe Flacco, which would be (laughs) – I think that's an incredible storyline on on its own, don't get me wrong. But – I just feel like it's so interesting because with the Steelers schedule, I mean, you, you talked about it, Dorian Thompson Robinson, then you go up against Jake Browning the next week, Cardinals with Kyler Murray, then the Patriots with who knows who that quarterback was. Sure. Shouldn't be Matt Jones, but, but might be. And then it's the Colts without Anthony Richardson, Bengals against. So this might come down to the wire and you look at the Ravens schedule. They have a good opportunity here to get some rest because usually with the bye weeks, I like it right around like nine to 11. I think that's in the middle, like week nine, yeah. week 10, week 11. But they have theirs in week 13, but then they also have this mini buy. So they have 10 days off before their next game against the Chargers, then another 14 days off after their game against the Chargers. So one game in 24 days for the Ravens to kind of get some of these bumps and bruises healed up. But then after the Chargers, it's the Rams. Then you got the Jaguars, then you got the 49ers, then you got the Dolphins, and then that Week 18 game against the Steelers. So it might all come down to Week 18, which is just how the NFL script writers wanted it, right, Jared? Oh, exactly. And um, you know, I touched on the Steelers' offense. This is my favorite stat of the day, by the way. 
So the Steelers right now are 30th in plays per drive. The Dolphins are 29th, but the Steelers are also 29th in touchdowns per drive, and the Dolphins are first. So that shows you just the complete polar opposites in terms of how explosive the Dolphins are and whatever the uh, opposite for explosive is in terms of what the Steelers are. I will say this, though. Uh, the Steelers seem to be finding some sort of identity the past couple of weeks as they've uh, they lead the NFL in uh, rushes of 10-plus yards in the last two weeks. They have 371 yards on the ground over the last two weeks. Uh, we're calling that the uh, the Broderick Jones effect over here in, in Pittsburgh. And facing a team like Cleveland, who has been far and away, uh, in terms of an advanced stat standpoint, the best defense in football this year, um, what, what are your thoughts on that game going in? Even though it is going to be Dorian Thompson Robinson at quarterback for the Browns, it's also going to be Kenny Pickett at quarterback for the Steelers. And if you look at his passing charts from the past month or so, you could probably stack all of them on top of each other and you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Um, this is a very one dimensional, very vanilla Steelers offense right now when it comes to the passing game, but the run game, uh, do you think that they'll be able to find any sort of success against Cleveland? I think they can, and I have to give credit to Cleveland and the Fed. I, I'm a bit, I wasn't a fan of the Sean Washington trade whatsoever. I think that was an awful move. I don't think but, any of this were, yeah. No, but to me, I think what Andrew Barry has done outside of that in Cleveland has actually been pretty solid, especially defensively. And for, for years, we've been talking about how Cleveland needed defensively. Really, ever since Sheldon Richardson left, I forget what he did, but Cleveland has needed defensive line. And I think every year the Browns were building, they added – pieces here one offseason more pieces here next offseason and then it all got compounded into this past one where they they went all in dalvin mm -hmm. tomlinson Darius smith they still have miles garrett there okoronkwo like shelby harris everybody but pittsburgh is kind of you mentioned it found their mojo and i know there's been a lot of discourse over there in pittsburgh about Najee harris and whether that was the right use of the draft capital jalen warren looks awesome but i think that with the browns right now if you can get, even though the Pittsburgh offense has been, you mentioned it very vanilla, the pass offense hasn't been great. I, I'm i very thankful for Dorian Thompson Robinson that he is on the Browns because what a gauntlet in your first two NFL games to play the Ravens defense <laughs> and then to play the Steelers defense. <laughs> if he had to go against the Browns in his third, I, I would be praying for him. I'm praying for him now. But I think that Pittsburgh, they have an opportunity. If they can get out to an early lead, they can start running the football. And despite Cleveland having those dogs up front and being so good, I think we've seen juice, and I think that Jalen Warren can make stuff happen with his elusiveness and just how explosive he is. And Najee Harris has looked a lot better this month as opposed to yeah. the last couple of months. So I think that there will be some running room. I'm not saying a lot, but I think that Pittsburgh can get out to something there. And with Dorian Thompson-Robinson at the helm, I just don't think Cleveland is going to score a lot of points, and it's not going to take much for Pittsburgh's offense to at least give them a shot to win the game and maybe run away with it a little bit. Do you know what the over-under for that game is? I don't know if I wanted that. <laughs> 32 and a half. Oh, my. They don't oh. see any points being scored that game. It was, <laughs> it was 34 and a half, and I jumped on it at 34 and a half. But now, yeah. 32 and a half points. And you know what? Man, I think it's still going to hit the under. I think this is going to be like a 16-13 game where both offenses look just awful for like three and a half quarters. Somebody gets like one touchdown drive out of this. It's probably going to be Pittsburgh just because of, you know, the, the advantage that they have in terms of talent right now uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Um, yeah, this is going to be an ugly AFC North November football game. Um, I'll have to look at what the uh, what the weather is supposed to look like in Cleveland. I can't imagine it's going to be great uh, the week of Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, but I'm 
I'm genuinely the Browns are still favored in this game, though. Do you think that that's fair? I I'd probably move that to. I mean, I guess it's because of the defense. I mean, I sure. think that when when you're looking at why that is, it's because the books think that the Cleveland defense will do enough against the Pittsburgh offense, and then sub. But then you look at Dorian Thompson Robinson. And I get that, you know, he has to start against the Ravens under his belt now. And that was very weird because the Deshaun Watson thing in that game happened, what, like an hour, hour and a half before kickoff. Right. So your Dorian Thompson Robinson have never started an NFL game. Coach DeFancy comes to you and says, all right, it's your time. Let's, <laughs> one of the top the top defense not named us you're going up against. But I don't know. Right. I feel like I'd move that over to Pittsburgh. I don't know how far I'd go, but – I just don't think – I think Dorian Thompson Robinson has a lot of potential. Like, don't get me sure. wrong. I'm not trying to say that he's a terrible quarterback and he has no place in the league. I think he actually has potential moving down the line, but I think he needs more experience before he gets there. And against a Pittsburgh defense that has those playmakers on it, I, I just don't know how I see him going. And I think he made some decisions in that Ravens. It was still definitely like a first start for a quarterback against the Ravens. Right. He made decisions – where he was trying to do too much and be too flashy. And I still expect some of those mistakes because this is his second start and he still has that inexperience. So I'd go Pittsburgh, despite how poor Kenny Pickett's been relative to expectations this year, I'd still take him over Dorian Thompson-Robinson. I think most people would. Yeah, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I was a big part of the Dorian Thompson-Robinson hive in the preseason. Um, but there's a large difference between going up, you know, the second and third string of the, of the Eagles defense in August compared to the Steelers defense in, in November. Um, and the Steelers have a history of like playing down. Like they lost to the Ryan Finley led Bengals a few years ago in Monday night football. You know, they've lost to the, the Bruce Gridkowski led Raiders at, at one point, the Terrell Pryor led Raiders as well. Um, so it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if the Browns win this game, just because uh, for the things that you pointed out to, I don't think that DTR is you know going to be a horrible quarterback. I think, the elusiveness that he has and the dual threat ability as a runner is definitely going to help him. Um, and the Cleveland defense is very good. So I, I expect a very low scoring game and it's going to set the league back 20 years. Um, I, I still lean Pittsburgh, but it's, uh, it, it's going to be a sloppy game. I did want to ask you a little bit about Baltimore though, because they lead the NFL in sacks. I think they have the most sacks to this point uh, in a season, it's some ungodly number in terms of uh, wh what their sack total is. But they haven't exactly had the best pressure rate. What uh, what do you make of that? Does it just mean, okay, when they do find a way to get to you, they're going to get you down? Yeah, I think for years in Baltimore, it's been they can't get pressure with four. They have to send blitzes. They have to get creative. But the emergence of Justin Matabike, and I think it's just when they win, they win hard. Like yeah. is what it is because you you see those dominant reps every single week whether it's Matt Beak, Jadavian Clowney, Kyle Van Noy, Dafe Owe was awesome against the Bengals. It's kind of like with the Ravens. I think teams realize now that they can get pressure with four, and I think it has kind of quickened up the opposing passing games. And with the Ravens, their mo is we're not going to let you beat us deep. We're going to play too high. We're going to have a roamer and. If you take the short stuff, fine. If you take the intermediate, fine. But you're not going to get one over us. And then if you get down to the red zone, to the 35, the 30, we're going to tighten up and hold you to a field goal. And that's what they've been doing for most of the season. So I think that with the pressure rates, I would expect more considering the sack numbers. Like, you know, that number is right. – I think they have, they have 44 now. All last year they had 48. So okay. they're going to break that number probably next week, if not in the next two. I mean, 100% in the next two. But it's – they found Jadavian Clowney 
sitting on his couch in there. August. Should it, Kyle Van Noy was week three, they signed him, and he's come in and had these incredible pressure numbers and sack numbers, batting balls down at the line. Even Michael Pierce has come in and has been a really solid interior pass rusher after he started the year. He was going to be awesome last season, but got injured week two, couldn't play the rest of the year. And I'll also drop some uh, some breaking news here on this podcast because oh my. I'm just looking, looking on Twitter. We have the official diagnosis of the Mark Andrews injury. Okay. Which is, and I'm not a doctor, so these words, I don't know how much they mean to you, as they mean to me. It's a cracked fibula and an ankle ligament injury. Oh. And I know there was some hope about maybe him coming back in the playoffs. I know John Harbaugh said it was likely done for the season, but the Twitter doctors of the world, I've kind of perused sure. a little bit here over the past few minutes. It's looking like it's going to be very hard for him to return in the playoffs. It means the ankle's a little more unstable, apparently. Again, do not... I don't have a medical license, but it, the sure. injury didn't look great. I know there's been all the discourse about the hip drop tackles and whether it should be banned or not. And there's already so many measures defenders have to get over the tackle. It's a bang bang thing. I mean, it's a dangerous tackle. Don't get me wrong. Like the, the what, pure yeah, what, what else it. is Logan Wilson supposed to do there? You, you tell the players not to go for the head, and then you know now it's like okay, yeah, don't don't drop your. Head. I, I, well, I, I think, think the whole thing the... also is last week there, there was a play where Lamar got hit out of bounds pretty, you know, it was bang, bang. Mm -hmm. And his foot was like on the line, just stepping on the line. And the whole discourse there was, well, he's done the play to Cleveland before where he'll jump back in. So yeah. what do you want him to do? Just not hit him and mm -hmm. kind of let him say, you know, if you want to jump back in, we're going to let you do it because we're not going to get penalized. So I understand because if Logan Wilson has to kind of grab the waist and like, hold on. Andrews is dragging him in the end zone. So yeah. it's an unfortunate play. Obviously, there there's going to be some discussion about it because, yes, it is a dangerous tackle when you look at it. But with it being so fast and with it being such a bang-bang thing, it's kind of hard to say, well, we're going to ban this and right. throw 15 at you every time it happens because I think it does happen a lot more. But this Andrews injury, Geno Smith, for those are going to be the exhibit A's, exhibit B's of – Hey, this can go really wrong. And I mean, there's a reason, you know, rugby has banned it. A couple other leagues have banned it. But with the already so many restrictions you have on defenders, it's just like, well, what do you want them to do outside of that? So it's, it's yeah, funny. exactly. And, you know, there's already enough restrictions when it comes to defensive backs and how PI is called and how roughing the passer is called with the body weight thing. Like it's a violent game. And for every precaution that you try to take with one type of tackle, it's going to open the door for another type of tackle to be more prevalent and probably lead to more injury. So like, I think that the overreaction to this is going to be crazy. And look, it is unfortunate what happened to Mark Andrews and it almost happened to Lamar too. I mean, Logan Wilson made both those tackles and he landed on Lamar's foot a little bit weird. There's so much that could go wrong in any given play. And these guys are playing a million miles an hour. They're not going to be able to, to make these split-second decisions when, when they're expected to. And, and if they don't get flagged for 15 yards, I think it's crazy. Um, these guys understand the risk that they take when it comes to this. Protecting the head and neck, totally get. That's understandable why you don't want guys to get hit in the head. This, this hip drop tackle thing that's become like a prevalent topic of discussion over the past year, year and a half or so is... Uh, that that's where you lose me in terms of, of, of that discussion. Um, you did point out a bunch of different guys for Baltimore though. And I do want to highlight them because Kyle Van Noy, he had a sequence of plays against Seattle a few weeks ago where he had back-to-back -back sacks on consecutive plays. And one of them forced a fumble at the end of the first half credit to Mike McDonald for just making the absolute, because they, they don't have like studs on that side of the ball per like per se, like Matt Abuke has been really good. Van Noy, like you said, they got off the street. Jadavion Clowney, they got off the street. 
and they're all playing really well. And you and I talked about this before. The depth that the Ravens had was kind of a question coming into the season. Geno Stone leads the NFL in interceptions. Like the the things that they've done is a big credit to Mike McDonald just as much as anybody else. And I think it's so funny because the whole there's like the inside thing with Ravens fans is whenever Mike McDonald gets praised, say he's terrible. So he doesn't get a head coaching opportunity <laughs> to steer teams away, which right. honestly, I mean, he's going to be a head coach, whether it's this offseason or probably next. He, he is not long for a defensive coordinator position, in my opinion. But you're right, because in the Don Martindale era with the Ravens, it was live by the blitz, die by the blitz. Everybody yeah. knew that. We saw multiple games where he won them games because he blitzed and then he lost them. The, the Raiders game week one after they had that catastrophic mm. run of injuries, the game goes into overtime. That entire possession for the Raiders, it was zero blitz, zero blitz, zero blitz, and it leaves Zay Jones open for a touchdown on Marlon Humphrey. So Mike McDonald is still an aggressive coordinator, but I think he times his blitzes a bit more strategically where he'll blitz a Kyle Hamilton off the edge. Arthur Millette, former Steeler legend, has been awesome, awesome for them this year. And they'll bring those guys off of the edge and confuse these quarterbacks. And with Don Martin, there was was always that element of we're going to – eight guys, nine guys to the line. We're going to send three of them one play. We're going to send eight of them another play. Mike McDonald still brings guys up, but I think with the way that they're – and Don Martin, I think, to an extent, had to blitz the way he did a little bit. I mean, it's his, it's his personality to blitz. That's, that's his thing. I know. But, yeah, with the Ravens, I mentioned they couldn't get pressure with four. I think he had to find ways to get pressure. With Mike McDonald, he has those guys. And I mentioned that when they win, they win hard. But you're you're right. They have had guys step up. All season. I mean, Marlon missed the start of the year with a foot injury. Brandon Stevens has been incredible. He held Jamar Chase and two Marlon Humphrey less games to seven receptions (laughs) for 43 yards and that garbage time touchdown. You mentioned Geno Stone, Matt Abike. They've had so many guys. It's been next man up mentality. And then you have guys return like Marcus Williams and Humphrey and these other players too. Even Patrick McCarry on the offensive line. When Ronnie Stanley has had to miss time, when others have had to miss time, he has stepped in. He's that jack of all trades, can play all five positions. So Baltimore's had players step up all season long, and it's honestly a big part of, of where they are right now. And a, th- a lot of it, um, you know, at least what I've noticed with the defense is when they do send that extra pass rusher, you, when they when they send five, like it could be, okay, it might be Patrick Queen this play. It might be Roquan Smith another play. It might be, oh, like the way that they utilize uh, the different guys that they send as the extra pass rusher, utilizing that with, you know, different opening up holes with stunts and everything like McDonald's done a really good job of, of just everything that he's done this year. And he deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, looking at the rest of the way for Baltimore, it is a trickier schedule, much trickier schedule than the rest of Pittsburgh's schedule. Um, the Chargers, uh, they'll travel to Los Angeles next Sunday, and then they will play. They have their bye week after that. And then they host the Rams, travel to Jacksonville, travel to San Francisco, Host Miami, that is a brutal three-game stretch before they close out the year hosting Pittsburgh and what could potentially be a division-deciding game. Um, yeah, that's a tough, tough second-half stretch. Yeah, and the Ravens can do it. Like sure. they, they are, they're playing top teams, but they are a top team. So it's going to be a bunch of dogfights, a bunch of. I mean, they, beat, they beat Seattle and Detroit by a combined score of like seventy-five to nine. <laughs> it's not like they're 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 making statements this year. Yeah, exactly. And I think when it. It's the end. Lamar doesn't want to talk about it, but the NFC record for Lamar being 18 and one. And I think it's pretty funny Crazy. that uh, his one loss was to Daniel Jones, <laughs> which is was it? Make, makes, yeah, it was that Giants game week six last, last year. Week yeah, yeah. Week five or week six last year. Yeah. 
So Daniel Jones has the one up on Lamar in the <laughs> NFC. But, you know, they have to, I think a guy like Brock Purdy, who the discourse around him has been both sides very crazy this season. Mm-hmm. How are they going to go up against that? With the Dolphins, there's been discourse about, well, are they just beating up on bad teams? What are they going right. to do when they play elite teams? The Pittsburgh game is going to be probably the, the weirdest game Steelers of the season, honestly. Like, the one last time was with seven drops. Like, it was weird the last time. It's going to be weirder this time. The Rams even are a team that, you know, they they have talent. Obviously, I think the Ravens are going to be favored in that one, and rightfully so. Sure. But they've had weird games, like the Cardinals game. They almost lost that one to Josh Dobbs, the last Cardinals-Josh Dobbs game. I, I would so, say this. I, I feel like the score made that game a little bit more closely I mean, yeah, than I it was indicative of that was that was a legendary backdoor cover by the way great great <laughs> job by the cardinals for that um but the steelers have won six of the last seven against the ravens um let's say that they do go into that last that last week with the same record how confident are you that baltimore pulls out a win because it lamar jackson hasn't had a great game against pittsburgh in his career yet yeah i think again you talk about kryptonite mike mcdonald is joe burrows and the steelers and lamars in terms mm-hmm. of which teams those guys have struggled against the most so I think that it depends on what the injury situation looks like. Honestly, I mean, we're still awaiting. The Odell thing is interesting to me. Didn't really look like he could move his shoulder after the game. I don't know right. if it was a collarbone. I've broken my collarbone before. It's not fun. So I, I don't know what he's going to be dealing with, but he's come on as of late. Zay has been awesome. Rashad Bateman even has looked better. But, you know, we have to say TJ Watts, one of these great pass rushers here with the Ravens offensive line. Ronnie Stanley hasn't looked wonderful at least up to ronnie stanley's standards this season is he back by that point i mean i, I would i'd assume so because it's a day-to-day injury but ronnie stanley has had some struggles this season for him it's going to be about he can escape he can do all these things we know he's the best you know the street ball and that's what makes the loss of andrews a little tough too it's going to be massive yeah. regardless but him and lamar have been in the league together since 2018 and part of what they do is they have a scheme todd monkin comes in but part of what mark what makes mark andrews so awesome is he does his own thing like he he runs his own routes. Sometime. I was gonna say him and Kelsey do a very similar thing where they just kind of yeah. free you know free ball it and just see right. what happens and it it works out very well for them. Yeah, so I think that with that game, at that point, because Fryermuth is supposed to be back this week, right? Yeah, he uh, returned to practice this week. The expectation is Tomlin said that he feels good about him playing this week. Yeah, so he'll he'll be back. I don't know how much of a difference that makes. Considered, I don't think he had a strong start to the year. But I'll say this about that situation, though. Um, if I'm if I'm Tomlin in terms of how I'm going personnel wise, I'm keeping Darnell Washington as the tight end, and I'm just putting making Pat Fryer move the slot receiver and replacing Allen Robinson because he's been a non-factor this year. So keep Fryer move as like that safety blanket underneath, but still have Washington as like the people mover in the run game. Right. So I mean, either way, I think that at that point, we had Cam Hayward back to back to form a little bit more. I know he's still yeah. coming back from the injury. So it's going to be tough either way. I mean, we'll see what happens with Marlon. I'm, I'm sure he'll be back by that point too. Again, I thought those two were season ending with those injury replays. Right. But luckily, the Ravens escaped. So, I mean, I, I could literally see the season coming down to Justin Tucker. <laughs> like, I, I I could see it unfolding. And you know what? That's way. that's what I hate. That's that's what I don't want to hear as a, as a Steelers fan. <laughs> yeah, so you know what, man? Because, like, here's the thing that, like, as a Steelers fan, I think about. And I've said, we've had conversations about this before. It's okay. Like you can win the way the Steelers are against a Titans team led by Will Levis in his second star, against the Josh McDaniels Raiders, against the Packers who have struggled this year. Good luck going 14 of 23 for a buck 26 
against Kansas City and expecting to win or against Miami in the playoffs and expecting to win. I I do not think that this is a this doesn't have a high ceiling. It doesn't have a, a, a long shelf life in terms of winning games that matter for the Steelers. But in terms of the regular season, you look at the rest of their schedule. They play Cleveland the Sunday, as we talked about. They, they're playing Jake Browning probably against Cincinnati uh, the first time around. Then they play Arizona. That could be a game that they lose with Kyler, depending on how well he plays. And then New England on Thursday night football. Al Michaels is going to hold Jeff Bezos at gunpoint to get out of calling that game, by the way. like There's no way he's going to want to sit through calling Kenny Pickett versus Mac Jones. Mini buy to play the Colts. Bengals again at Seattle at Baltimore to close the year. So the last two games are obviously going to be the biggest in terms of the most challenging, but the rest of those other games, I mean, if they can go what three and one in that stretch four and one, I think that they're, they're fine. And you know what might happen again, which would be crazy. And I was kind of thinking about it now is last year, the Ravens had the Bengals in week 18 and the Bengals in the wild card round. Well, depending mm. on who, wins the division could yeah. be Ravens Steelers week 18 Ravens Steelers yep. wild card round, depending if the Ravens get the number one seed or not. So, and even, even if like, you know, regardless of the outcome of that game, it could be that because whoever doesn't win the division, if they have 11 wins, they could be the number five seed. So they could just be a play in game to see who hosts the wild card game. And, yeah. and obviously that makes a world of difference, you know, with a playoff game, whether it's in Pittsburgh or in Baltimore. So we very well could get three helpings of Steelers Ravens this year. And you know, that would be, that would certainly be something. Yeah. I, I think that e- with these Ravens and Steelers games, I mean, I think again, people in Baltimore are still waiting for the Lamar Jackson breakout against the Steelers. But I yeah. think, I, I mean, I agree with you where the Steelers formula right now is awesome for the regular season. Like you can slug mm-hmm. out these 19 to 16 <laughs> wins and like, you know, say it doesn't matter. We won the game. It's another one to know every week. Yeah. Right. But then, once you get to the playoffs, I think that's where the conversations even about Miami start to be had. Which, like, again, are they beating up on bad teams? Or are they actually a good football team? All these different conversations that are being had regular season-wise have a whole different meaning when it comes to January and February football. So I um, unless something changes in Pittsburgh, I wouldn't expect a very long playoff run. Right. But they can get there, and then I think that makes the conversation around Tomlin, around Canada, around Pickett – Makes it all the more interesting because your argument is, oh, look, they did it again. Tom yeah, wins the That's what I don't want, Kevin Ostriker. <laughs> that's what I'm horrified of as a Steelers fan. Because I could see a scenario where, like, if they do, let's say that they get to the wild card round and they sneak up, like, get a squeaky win against Baltimore by the skin of their teeth and get to the divisional round, everybody in the organization could say, well, why will we fire Matt Canada? Look what we just did. And why would we want to move on from Kenny Pickett? Look what we just got. And in the division around they'll face like Kansas City or Miami and lose by 40. <laughs> they'll be like, that's all right. We got that. And I, th- I mean, th- this is the year where I think if you need a quarterback or if you have any questions about a it's quarterback, time, this, this is the draft. I mean, and, and the Giants just the with dra- Daniel Jones, all these teams. Like, Not even just the draft, but like Kirk Cousins is going to be a free agent. Right. If the Cardinals decide to take a quarterback, Kyler Murray is going to be on the trade market. Like there's going to be four to five guys that you are pretty certain are going to be really good still that you can go out and get an upgrade quarterback at. But knowing the Steelers as much as I do and as much as you do, you know that the more likely scenario is that it's going to be Kenny Pickett next year. They're going to give him another year to try to quote unquote figure it out. And I think that that's going to be a mistake, which is why like I don't I'm, I never root for, you know, my, my favorite team to, to lose or anything like that. But you know, if if I could see, like, if you gave me the option, okay, do you want the Steelers to win thirteen to nine this Sunday, 
or have a shootout out of nowhere, like a 35-34 game, but they lose, I would probably lean toward the toward the second option just to like say that they can do it. And I just I just don't think they can. And I'm, they have fired like they fired Todd Haley after that Jaguars playoff loss, and they were like the number two offense in the league that year. So there's no there's precedent for them to say, okay, yeah, it doesn't matter how far we got in the playoffs. Matt Canada's offense stinks, and we we need to move on. But that that is what I'm most fearful of as a Steelers fan is that they just decide to run this back next year, and it's going to be a much tougher schedule depending on where they finish, and they're going to be a nine and eight team on the outside looking in. Yeah, I think the the reason it takes Cincinnati out too is because their schedule is brutal. Down Dude, the it's so bad. Like and- even. Even with Jake Browning, if you had like the easiest of schedule, like if you gave him the right. Steelers' schedule, it wouldn't be easy with with a guy like Browning. But this got what they played Jacksonville, that they they play Kansas City, like they yeah. got a brutal stretch. So uh, for me, I feel like the Ravens and the Steelers. I know we've had this conversation too, Jared. But for me, they they were in the same boat last offseason, like this past one, where it was Roman for the Ravens and Canada mm-hmm. for the Steelers, and the Ravens decided to move on, and the Steelers didn't. And I know. I don't even want to imagine the discourse that the Ravens did not move on from Greg Rowe. It was it should have happened the previous offseason. They kept right. them. The Ravens were loyal, both Pittsburgh and Baltimore, loyal organizations. They'll stick yep. by their guys. But Baltimore has shown this, and I'm sure Pittsburgh has too, where sometimes there is the overloyal aspect of it. Absolutely. Where they, they they love their guys. As Buck Walter used to say, it is an Orioles manager. We we love our guys. So with Steve Saunders for the Ravens, when he essentially brought the whole thing with COVID and that whole drama happened, they had to play that Wednesday game against Pittsburgh. Yeah. Kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. The Ravens kept them on board. When I think most organizations would have said well, you're out of here. Like that's yeah. what it was. So I'd be shocked if there wasn't at least a conversation about change in Pittsburgh, if it is another wild card. I mean, that's the conversation in Baltimore. John Harbaugh, the Ravens haven't made the AFC championship game since they won the Super Bowl back in 2012-2013. It's been 10 years. And they fired both coordinators, or I guess they they freeze is, is the parting of ways of both coordinators back-to-back yeah. off-seasons, Martindale last off-season, Roman this off-season. So if, if there's another wild card exit. They're, they're running out of guys to fire. A divisional exit is the special teams coordinator next? And then you give, you give Harbaugh another, I mean, special teams is important in Baltimore. So maybe that's what they do, but there, ha- there is a conversation about, I mean, the Ravens losses this year, the Colts game, they didn't tell Zay flowers that the timeout situation, the two minute warning situation. So that essentially loses them the game. There were multiple blunders in the Steelers game, both drop that. That was a big factor why they lost, but sure. John Harbaugh to the Cleveland game. I think for John Harbaugh, we're coming up to a big conversation point because he can have great regular season success. The Ravens are an awesome regular season team. I'm not trying to discount what they're doing in the regular season, but the goal isn't to be the regular season champions or that, you know, the award for great regular season right. to go. I want to see the growth. If it's an AFC championship game loss, fine. That shows they have grown. They haven't been back there in 10 years. That's to me. Great. They go to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl. I know there's been conversations about, oh, let's move John Harbaugh to the front office and let's move Mike <laughs> McDonald to head coach. And I'm saying it was the same thing with Roman. They said, let's demote him to run game coordinator. Still a great run game. And I said, he's not accepting a demotion. Right. <laughs> just, he's not going to do it. So the, the conversation points this offseason, I know we're not there yet, but they're going to sure. be juicy. I think the Steelers are kind of in the same boat. At least Steelers fans are in terms of wanting to see more from Tomlin. It's a little bit different situations with Baltimore, obviously, with having Lamar. And having that as like just a built-in ceiling builder, like if you have Lamar healthy, you know you're probably going to be a 10-win team. With Tomlin the past few years, you know, 
it's Kenny Pickett and a bad offense, but who hired the offensive coordinator and who's kept him around? That's Mike Tomlin. So when it comes to wanting to see more from the Steelers, like they haven't been to an AFC championship game in now, I think seven years, six years, um, where, and when they did go, they got blown out by the Patriots and there's been plenty of playoff blunders in between all of that. So I think Baltimore and Pittsburgh in terms of their head coaching, what do I, head coaching leashes, I guess, because Tomlin's going to be there as long as he wants to be like, any any fan who says that they want to, I mean, I've been in the same boat and saying, yeah, they're probably better off if they were to go get a Ben Johnson and try to be forward progressing um, and just kind of start over with a new offensive staff, new head coach, and new quarterback. They're not going to do that. The same way that, you know, Baltimore is loyal to John Harbaugh, and I think he's probably going to be there for as the foreseeable future, at least, because like you said, they're, these are two loyal franchises. Yeah, and it's it's the conversations with Tomlin and Harbaugh, Belichick, even like yeah, ten years come to an end, but there'd be ten teams lining up out the door. Oh yeah, to, to it's it's similar to what happened with Andy Reid in Philadelphia. Like it was just time, and things right. weren't working. And as soon as he got fired, he was a chief ten minutes later, and it's worked out pretty well for for both ends, I would say. Um, yeah, and, and that's that's what it is. Where sometimes just good things I come to an end. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on with me as always, buddy. But uh, what have you got coming this week with uh, all the Raven stuff? Yeah, well, there's uh, we get a little break here. We get that that mini <laughs> buy before Sunday's game against the Chargers. So of course we'll keep keep it five days a week on Locked On Ravens always. But do that YouTube audio form the whole nine yards. Also, obviously, still writing over at the Ravens wire. So content written wise over there, and uh, yeah, keeping up on social media, keeping up on Twitter. Or I guess X now as <laughs> the everybody says. So. A bunch of Ravens for me, and of course, I think we'll uh, all be looking forward here in Baltimore to that final AC North matchup for the Ravens, which is uh, Week 18 in Baltimore against Pittsburgh. And we will absolutely do one more of these before that game takes place, <laughs> especially if you know both teams are sitting at like you know 11 and five at that point and uh, vying for a home playoff game. Always enjoy doing this with you, buddy. Take care, and we'll uh, we'll do this soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, man. All right, buddy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.